Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ipswich History Podcast. I'm Caleb Howdigo, and in this episode, I'll be talking to archaeologist Hannah Cutler. Hannah is currently leading on a project funded by Historic England to enhance the Suffolk historic environment record for the Paleolithic and Mesolithic periods. Now, you might hear me or other local historians talk about Ipswich probably being the oldest continually inhabited town in the country, but this history only stretches back to the Anglo-Saxon period. So in this conversation, we're looking at what the area was like long before there was a permanent settlement here. Hannah talks about the work she's doing for the project I mentioned, and about what the area that would one day become Ipswich was like in the early prehistoric periods of the Paleolithic, or Old Stone Age, and the Mesolithic, the Middle Stone Age. So basically the time before people settled down and began farming in the Neolithic, or New Stone Age. But I'll let Hannah do a better job of explaining the time periods. Because of the COVID-19 situation, I recorded the conversation from a video call, so apologies again if the audio quality isn't quite as good as it would be from an in-person interview. So without further waffle from me, enjoy the conversation and I hope you find it interesting. So Hannah, thank you so much for uh, joining us today to talk about um, this subject. So first of all, with time periods that are as long as the Paleolithic and Mesolithic that we're going to be talking about today, it can be quite confusing for someone who's new to the subject. And I think a lot of people would probably only be familiar with um, like the phrase the Stone Age, probably rather than um, specific time periods within it. So could you give us a brief guide to what these different periods were in particular? Sure. So, well, if we start with the concept of the Stone Age, um, and uh, which your, your listeners might be familiar with. so the Stone Age, the Bronze Age, the Iron Age, these were terms that were thought up in, in, in the past. And although we still use them as kind of a shorthand, they've been heavily divided um, to be more specific, depending on who's doing what and where in, in the past. Um, the Neolithic is uh, means the New Stone Age, and that's the, the first farmers, which in Britain was um, uh, about 4,000 BC to around 2300, 2350 BC. Um, all of these dates, they vary from region to region. So for example, if you were to say when the Neolithic starts in France or Bulgaria, it would be different. Um, the Mesolithic or, or Middle Stone Age, um, again, much subdivided, I can't go into that kind of detail here, is from 9000 to 4000 BC. And the Paleolithic is, is everything before that, so um, I'll give or take a few hundred thousand years, um, about one million-ish to nine hundred thousand um, years ago um, in Britain, up until about ten thousand years ago. And again, the Paleolithic is compared to the um, the Mesolithic and the Neolithic is is massive, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. So again, that's broadly divided um, to the Upper Paleolithic, usually dealing with, with modern humans like our, ourselves, to about 44,000 years ago to about 10,000 years ago. The Middle Paleolithic, roughly dealing with Neanderthals, 325,000 years ago to about 44,000 years ago. And the Lower Paleolithic, um, circa a million to about 325,000 years ago. These days, um, we, we use a different system uh, on top of these these systems to um, to to describe 
um, dating, um, which we call um, MIS stages, which stands for marine isotope stages, um, which is uh, based on the isotopes from, from marine cores, which are used to reconstruct ancient climates. Um, very uh, simplistically, um, Odd numbers of these uh, are, are warm periods, we're currently in stage one, and even numbers are cold periods. So the, the last glaciation, um, the last cold period, 20,000-ish years ago, was stage two. There have been about 22 stages in the last 900,000 years of various lengths and intensities. Uh, these days, um, it can get quite confusing, depending on on the context because we can talk about human species or different types of technology or dating from scientific methods or even um, glacial names which are far more local such as um, you get names like Anglian or Ipswichian or Devensian and these are generally names to refer to stages in Britain and they'll have kind of um, names that they match up with that they tie into elsewhere on, on, on the continent or, or in North America, for example. So that can get a, a little bit confusing, which is, which is why it context is everything, I suppose. So Ipswich was not really a permanent settlement until the Anglo-Saxon period. Um, so we're really going to be talking about the area that would one day become Ipswich rather than actually what is Ipswich. Um, so can you tell us what kind of a place this area would have been during, say, the Mesolithic period? Um, well, Mesolithic's quite interesting because um, compared with the Paleolithic, it's, it's not very long at all. But it's also the, the beginning of what we call the, the Holocene. So um, the time when um, the climate and the environment uh, would have been most like it is today. So you'd have deciduous forests, um, a mixture of grassland and dens and heathland and much like it is today obviously more forest because they wouldn't have been cleared by later farmers. Um, Ipswich at that time would have been as it is or the area would have been in, in this um, river valley but the difference is it would have been at the edge of the dry what we call dogland plain this is where the North Sea is now but it wouldn't have been um, underwater because sea levels were, were lower in the Mesolithic, they slowly rose until the sea level is roughly where it is now. The Mesolithic, because of this um, recolonization of forests of, of the land, you would have had I mean, many um, animals that, had they not been hunted to extinction in Britain, would still be around. Bears, um, wolves, beavers. Um, you'd also have aurochs, which are large, undomesticated uh, cattle. Which right roaming through probably being quite threatening um but good good to hunt um you could hunt them well the hunter gatherers in the mesolithic would have used those narrows and chase things down with 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 dogs to kind of um make the the animals lose blood become exhausted and track them down so the mesolithic ipswich um would contrast with earlier periods for example marine stage three about mm, i don't know 45 to 60,000 years ago would have been um, what we call a mammoth step uh, stretching from Britain over Russia, Siberia, all the way to North America, this, this massive steppic um, environment, but with, with really large animals. Um, 
such as uh, woolly rhino, mammoths, herds of deer, hyena, lions, horses, bison, they've been great for, for, for hunting. And then, I mean, another, you know, um, swing the pendulum all the other way, 125,000 years ago, uh, in, the, in stage 5E, another uh, warm period, you would have had straight tusks, elephants, and hippos. You know, you really get a real variation in these, um, these warm and cold periods. So at that point then, would Britain still have been part of Europe or would it have been a separate island again? Or what, how would that be? Um, in 5E, uh, 125,000 years ago, yes, it was, it was an island. Um, there, depending on sea levels, Britain um, can become an island or a peninsula, back to an island, back to a peninsula. Right now, it's it's an island, but um, up until um, the uh, the Mesolithic, it was still part of of, um, of the continent. But there were there were periods um, uh, where it kind of it just oscillates depending on 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 sea level. So, for example, with the the mammoth step period that you were talking about, yes, Ipswich would have just been you know right in the middle, no kind of outlier on the edge of anything. It would have, you know, it would have just been part of a landmass that was yes. a very similar um, climate all the way from, you know, where Britain is all the way through into Russia. Thereabouts, I mean, you get obviously local variations. I, I suppose the interesting thing about where Ipswich is, um, is that Britain would have been this kind of upland area and Ipswich would have been right at the edge of that, uh, where it is now. So. There's possible um, links to to the landform, you know, this uh, and which may have made or influenced hunting um, uh, in 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 the area. So, Hannah, you're currently leading on a project to improve the information for the historic environment record for Suffolk. Um, for all kinds of Paleolithic and Mesolithic finds. Um, so can you tell us, first of all, what is the historic environment record? Because I'm sure a lot of people don't know. <laughs> and why, is it, why does this information need to be improved? Well, so the HER, Historic Environment Record, HER, is um, it's just a, a database, a mapped database, of all the known archaeology and heritage assets in the, the county. Every county has one. Suffolk's um, is... is uh, maintained by and, and um, looked after by uh, Suffolk County Council Archaeology Service. Um, it records the finds, the monuments, actual you know, things that are there, um, the sources that, where we get the information and what we call the events, which is just how that information came to us. It could be an archaeological excavation, it could be a chance find, and you know, someone with a metal detector. Um, and we record all of these um, in a, a very large database, and it's used to help um, oh, public or commercial archaeologists do do research or manage the, the heritage, for example, uh, when faced with development. Um, it's also open to the public; um, you can access it online. And so, is Suffolk a particularly rich place in terms of prehistoric remains that have been found? Um, in Britain, absolutely. Um, there are, well, when I started the project, there were somewhere in the region of 1,600 records wow. that, that 
exist before I make a load of new ones yeah. needed looking at and improving. Um, I think that's second only to, to Norfolk, which I think beats us just a bit because they're, they're a bit bigger. Um, but, um, but East Anglia is, yeah, is, is, is chocker with, with Paleolithic and Mesolithic material. So why was Suffolk such a rich place for these finds then? I mean, there are so many factors and we're dealing with so many different periods that it could be, it's quite hard to tie it down to, to, to one reason. Um, I mean, certainly there are excellent raw material um, resources. Flint is, is really good in East Anglia, especially, I mean, um, throughout history, uh, places like Brandon, you know, in, in the Brex, but also, um, I think it's probably to do with um, the landscape, certainly uh, towards the, um, what, what is now the coast, you know, you get these, these places that would have been um, good for, like, like Ipswich, um, for, for, for hunting, for example, places where uh, herds of large animals might have congregated or, or been, been easy to hunt. There are certainly a wealth of information that kind of needs sorting out. I mean, one of the reasons it needs sorting out is because um, some of this data, these databases are, are really old. Like as I've looked at records that were, that have been copied from machine to machine since, you know, the eighties and then, and then before that on paper, and they just need making sense of so that you, you can use this data um, to manage the resource and understand it that much better. So are there any particularly interesting or favourite objects that you've come across while you've been doing the work so far? Um, hmm. Objects is tricky because there's, there's so many um, and it's database work, so I often don't get to see them. I'm, I'm generally just uh, improving the, the, the knowledge, the, um, the, the records, the map. Uh, where things are mapped, the details of them. Um, but I suppose from, from, from Ipswich, one of my favourite, so it's not one artefact, it's an assemblage of, of several, about 300. Um, there's a, or there was a, a gravel pit on Bromford Road um, that in the 1920s and 30s, they, uh, um, uh, was it Mr. Warren Livingston, was sucking up gravel through a big um, pump and was getting all kinds of mammoth bones and, and various stone tools. But there's a large assemblage of Neanderthal made hand axes. Okay. Now, hand axes um, is, are quite an interesting um, stone tool type, a kind of, they're often referred to as being like a Swiss army knife, but essentially you've got a, a shaped object with a cutting edge all around it, used for butchery, woodworking, and possibly. Other, other bits bobs but um but they although they're as described by us today the uh, hand axes have existed for hundreds of thousands of years they they kind of go out of fashion if you <laughs> can use that, okay. that term and then they kind of come back towards the the end of when neanderthals were were around before they went extinct and um it's these are from the kind of a, a brief period. They're actually um, in Ipswich Museum stores. I was able to look at them when, um, when I was doing my PhD about a decade ago. And they're, um, they kind of fit in the hand and, and they probably, I mean, this is, this is something that archaeologists have argued about for, for decades. I think they absolutely have a kind of, you know, um, 
a cultural meaning to them, especially at this time that the Neanderthal made ones, kind of the shape was important, um, kind of how important and exactly what it meant is another story, but, you know, possibly depending on who made them or you know, different groups made different shapes kind of things. Um, but another reason why I really like this site, it's in a kink in the river. Um, and through the suction pump, they found um, uh, flint, flint tools from, from quite a few different periods, from, from younger periods, the, 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 uh, the upper Paleolithic as well, and kind of proves that, that this, this valley at the edge of this plain, where Ipswich is now, um, was probably really good for hunting, um, hunting large animals, deer, horse. Um, we don't have any evidence for mammoth, but who knows? Um, because there's there's evidence from sites in in Europe that if you've got a a valley with other valleys going off it, you can kind of um, chase or, or herd herds um, and then hunt them when they. They haven't really got anywhere else to go, you know, up these kind of steep sides and things. And um, kind of, it really points to reuse of space by these different hunter-gatherer groups, so, you know, separated by thousands, tens of thousands of years, but they keep coming back to the same spots because they still want to kill things and eat them. Could you tell us about any other sites that you've you found interesting as you've been researching these things? Um, yeah, I suppose my favourite site in the in in in, in the town is um, the uh, it was uh, a site it was a, a former brickyard on Foxhall Road. Um, I think it was called the um, what do they call it uh, the Old Valley Brick Brickyard Brick Pit, which is on Foxhall Road. Now, if you drive up Foxhall Road near, well, some of your non-local listeners, I'll just say it's 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 out towards uh, out of the main core of the, uh, the the town but there's there's a definite dip in it and what that is it's the remains of an old um paleo lake you know silted up years uh, hundreds of thousands of years ago where um about 425,000 years ago uh, some um uh, hominins pre probably pre neanderthals um made well uh some stone tools and um and just kind of i don't know hung out by the side of this lake i think they got a 134 hand axes these are a much older type of hand axe and it was excavated um in 1903 to 1905 by nina layard who's a kind of a famous locally uh, she's a famous archaeologist um she's She's great. I hope you do an episode on her. I really think you should. Um, really interesting character. You know, um, Nina Layard was uh, uh, later was was the president of the the prehistoric society. She was one of the first women to be um, uh, allowed into the um, the Society of Antiquaries. Um, really important. I mean, she, I could I could talk about her until the cows come home. She's excavated Saxon and medieval. Um, around Ipswich, but also elsewhere in the area as well. Really interesting character. Um, but yeah, this 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 site on Foxhall Road, I think, is is quite good. I mean, I I live in Ipswich, and I I go go running, and every time I go into this this kind of little dip, I imagine um, this um, landscape just after a massive glaciation, the the so-called um, 
uh, Anglian glaciation. So the, the ice would have been, you know, receding, but you still have this um, uh, landscape that even though the ice had receded thousands of, you know, earlier, thousands of years earlier, you kind of had this um, pockmarked um, till plain where, all, you know, the water was pooling and things. So it was warming up, but it hadn't got as warm as it was going to get. And you had these, you know, this band of, of pre-modern humans, um, well, what one assumes going around the, the landscape um, following large animals. So once this information is all put together that you're um, improving the information for on the historic environment record, um, will it be available for anyone to see or what, how will that yep, work? Absolutely. Um, so, uh, well, wonderfully, the, um, I started enhancing and creating these, these, these better Paleolithic and Mesolithic records in, um, in October of last year. And I plan to be finished in October of this year, but, um, as of this week, we've just got a, a new website and all of our historic environment records um, are online, um, except for one or two that have to be kept a secret, but that's usually for, uh, um, for finds of treasure, uh, which um, is precious metals and things like that. Um, but for the whole county, it's online at uh, uh, heritage.suffolk.gov.uk and you can just check search anywhere um you're near your house um you can search by period by fine type i mean that's one of the, the, the things that i'm doing now especially for the paleolithic and the mesolithic where the tools are all made of stone made of flint um as i was saying with those those old databases they used to just say i think lithic implement which could have meant anything whereas now I'm, because we have a better understanding and, and a better framework for exactly what all of these tool types are, you know, it'll, you can search for axe heads and um, flint blades and, and all of these various different types from different periods. And so you can, um, uh, you know, play with the data that much more. I mean, that's, that's another thing that I, I should be doing at the end is using this data to produce um, some literature, some maps to kind of show exactly who was doing what in the landscape where, you know, where these finds are found. Does that have any bearing, you know, on, on uh, you know, do, do, does the landscape have a bearing on, on, on where and what is found, that kind of thing. that's it for this episode of the podcast thanks so much to hannah for taking the time to speak to me if you enjoyed the podcast then please do leave a review or a rating or if you could recommend it to someone else that would be really appreciated and thank you for listening